Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. To get it together, trying to help their fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Do you really think we can? Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. Another issue of Blog Talk Radio. We are one second. And I think we got him right now. Hey, Paul, is that How's you? How's it going, John? Good to hear hey, from you, it's brother. Going good. All right. <laughs> All right. Glad we got, con- glad we got connected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is going to be fun tonight. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm telling our listeners that um, we're going to start. We're going to start a new thing next week, and uh, we're we're going to call it Music That Matters Radio, um, presented by John Fisher. We're going to throw my name in there, and um, uh, we're going to be doing a blend of music uh, from across the board, and it's going to be internet uh, program, and uh, we're we're going to have lots of fun. And uh, we've gotten some of the uh, some of our early Jesus music people have uh, all given me their best digital downloads of their first songs. We're going to get uh, a lot of that going, and uh, we're going to work our way right up to the present time. We're going to play secular music. We're going to play uh, an incredible blend, um, and uh, I guess. You could say we're going to feel whatever we feel like. We're going to play whatever we feel like playing. There you go. <laughs> uh, something I've kind of always wanted to do. So uh, I thought Paul would be a great guest since uh, he's one of the pioneers of uh, what is now Christian music. And, of course, back then we called it Jesus music. And... Uh, um, so we'll be playing a good deal of Paul's music on our station. So, uh, Paul, welcome back to Blog Talk Radio and uh, to a little discussion about uh, about music and and where it's been and where it's going. I, I kind of want to say Jesus music, past, present, and future. <laughs> so that's a good that's a good thing because Jesus is past, present, and future. <laughs> That's a good place to start. Absolutely. Yeah. I have to I have to say before we get I have to say before we get started, it's not often I get to talk to uh, my friend John Fisher on the same day that I I replied on his um daily blog uh, the catch with a a blog about him being defeated. But anyway, we'll keep that as an inside joke. <laughs> Let's get rolling, John. <laughs> definitely, definitely inside jokes. Um, I do love your comments, though, uh, whenever you're led to do it. It's, uh, it's always entertaining. It's great. I like pray over it. Yeah. 
Okay, well, um, Paul, let's start right off since we're going to be featuring uh, Jesus music uh, on this radio station. Um, is there, can we talk about some characteristics maybe of, of Jesus music other than the fact that it was some of the first, uh, first things that were ever done um, in our lifetime that was uh, faith-oriented, faith songs about Jesus that were contemporary in nature, that were music we were used to listening to on the radio. But other than that, um, you know, are there, are there some things you can pull out and say, well, Jesus' music was had certain characteristics. If you could list any of them, can you think of anything? Oh, I can think of lots of things. Uh, one of the things that comes to my mind, which we were talking about just for a few minutes before we went on the air about an hour ago, was that I was talking about how the thing that really set the Jesus movement in motion uh, to me, which you talked about in your show before, is uh, was the music and testimonies. And testimonies come from people that have had transformation uh, or have, have witnessed something that's worth talking about. I was, I'm was i a son of a trial attorney. I was raised to be an attorney. I was taken to the courtroom just like I was taken to a basketball game or a football game or a baseball game. I was taught how to observe. And the number one thing my father taught me as a defense attorney was to train your witness to stick to the story. And I think if there's anything that really defines the Jesus movement is that we stuck to the story, Jesus. Mm-hmm. There was, he was the story. And that was a story at that time. Uh, it was uh, the beginning of the first time that Jesus was probably challenged in America since his inception. Uh, by a counterculture revolution that, uh, you know, a decade earlier, uh, it reached a feverish pitch with God is Dead on Time Magazine and School Out of Prayers, Prayer of School, and all the things that were happening in the, in the culture that um, were diametrically opposed to generations before God-fearing people that wouldn't have dreamed of uh, questioning the truth, the reality of God or his word, the Bible. And out of that came a generation of discontented people that peaked probably with Woodstock in August of 1969. And uh, it's not a coincidence to me that the Jesus movement was birthed in the middle of that chaos because historically Jesus loves to move in the middle of brokenness. So when I think of, when I think of uh, the past, the Jesus movement was very simple. It was very, very simple. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't overproduced. In fact, it was under, underfinanced, underproduced, under everything in natural terms. It had nothing to offer to the world. Uh, you know, if I showed up to a concert and Joni Mitchell's playing in the street, duh, people are going to go see Joni Mitchell. If uh, Love Song showed up and Carlos Hills and Nash was down the street, duh, they're going to go see Carlos Hills and Nash. We had no form or comeliness, as it says in Isaiah 53. We were just like Jesus. We had no form, no reputation, nothing really to be desirable. A bunch of people stand there with acoustic guitars and drums with feeble PA systems and all piled into one van, sleeping in one hotel room. And uh, 
not even getting paid. Uh, the first time I got paid, a guy handed me a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket with dimes, nickels, quarters, pennies, dollar bills, fives, and even a couple tens. And I was like embarrassed and, and felt like I was touching something evil to receive it into my hands. <laughs> and now, <laughs> now you know, a decade into that, the Jesus movement vanished when managers, corporate thinking, and record companies took over uh, the you know, teenaged, uh, yeah. sort of like, we, we kind of grew into a teenager and then lost our way. Uh, but there's a lot of good stuff going on out of it too. I have lots of close friends. I met guys that would be well-respected in today's, uh, musician terms, Chris Tomlin, he's mm-hmm. a college student. That's my guitar. He's playing on stage all the time. I let him have that guitar. But anyway, not to get distracted with that, but there's lots of great things going today, but it certainly is not what we experienced in the Jesus movement. And I know, John, you and I like to not look backward. We like to look backward with reflection, but for the purpose of moving forward. And uh, right. that's what I hope that your radio station and uh, the listeners, that's something I mentioned to you, then I'll be quiet and let you ask another question, but I mentioned to you when we were talking this afternoon that, to me, the difference is the listener. Uh, today, we live in a culture where people are saturated with information, saturated with music and musicians. Junior high kids sit in their bedrooms with a laptop and make records from loops and samples. They used to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars for high-end musicians to gather in rooms in L.A. or New York and spend months making it. Now you can make it in 15 minutes. Uh, that's across the board in every industry, photography, everything. You used to wait weeks for your pictures to come back. Now you do it on your phone and put it on Instagram and post it in 30 seconds. You know, So the world's increased. But with that, has become a real uh, dullness of hearing and even dullness of seeing. But in the hearing end of it, uh, I was using this as a metaphor because uh, I just picked up a pizza for dinner when you called me here in Kansas City. And I haven't eaten all day, and it's a all-wheat vegetarian pizza. It smelled like a million dollars when you called me, because I hadn't eaten all day. But last night, if you called me this time, and I had just finished a big slab of salmon, and you would offer me this pizza, I would have put it away or probably wanted to hold my breath. It wouldn't have smelled good. And I think it's the same way that uh, in the late 60s, it was a culture that was so famished and so nutritionally just uh, starved from the truth. It was just people blowing hot air with new theories and new ideas that tickled the ears of all the radical people and seemed very progressive. But when it went off the cliff, it went off the cliff. I mean, it ended so fast, no faster than the car wreck and James Dean, everybody else. The movement ended by 1970. It was ripped your brother off, bad drugs. It's all about money again. It it just, it switched so fast, like an arm wrestling match. And uh, that's where the Jesus movement, I think, really stepped in and got traction because the truth will always stand above deception. It takes a large amount of uh, truth to make deception really believable. It takes a large amount of truth. So there's a large amount of truth, love, peace, joy, all that being heralded in the G- in the uh, hippie movement, but it didn't deliver in the end. And uh, I, for myself, and I speak for myself, 48 years later, uh, Jesus delivers more than pizza. <laughs> he delivers true love, true joy, true peace, 
and he smells good every day. He tastes good every day, regardless of where I'm at, good or bad or rebellious or obedient. Jesus always tastes good. Taste and see the Lord is good. All right, I'm done with that. <laughs> so so would you say, Paul, that it's it's still simple? Uh, for me, it's still simple. You know, I think it's become complicated as an industry, uh, but maybe not as complicated to the viewer outside of the church. From my, I'm I'm still very involved uh, in recording and playing with, uh, you know, heralded players, notorious players that are not Christians that make records all day long in L.A. and Nashville that are not Christian records. And they always say the same thing about Christian music. And it all sounds the same. Same song, different singer. Uh, and I think when the Jesus movement started, I knew who I knew who Love Song was. I knew who you were. I knew who Larry Norman sounded like. I know what I sounded like. I know what Phil Kagey sounded like. There were signatures. They were very recognizable. You know, and maybe mm-hmm. my ears not attuned to today's Jesus music, worship music scene as sharply as that. But I know when I get my rent a car from week to week and go through the first one third of the radio stations on the far left moving to the right. Uh, I know that 20 years ago it was the Fender Road string pad sound. I found a Christian station. Now, if I find the U2 slash Coldplay sound, I know I found a Christian station. So uh, for the most part, it all sounds like Christian cover music to me. And that's really sad to me because I mean, Growing up, we heard a Beatles song, you knew it was the Beatles. If you heard House Rising Sun, you knew it was the animals. If you heard My Generation, you knew it was the Who. I mean, everybody had signatures that brought flavor. But, you know, I was talking to some yeah. of the leaders of K-Love a few months ago. I said, I can't remember how many, a decade or two ago, when I heard a saxophone on K-Love. Or, you know, even a harmonica is somewhat in every now and then because of, you know, a song. But you just don't hear variety. And music is such a large variety. So that's why I think it's... Simple but complexly boring today, for my ears. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I don't uh, want to be. Uh, uh, I don't want to be a. I've said it before. I don't want to be a luddite. I want to keep moving forward. I believe in these young kids, and we need them. We need them desperately. We need everybody yeah, to pick up well, their arms, like, like 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 Nehemiah working the wall. We got to have instead of a trowel in one hand, we got to have a guitar in one hand and and a, you know weapon in the other because they're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I wonder, as we're talking here, uh, Paul, um, do you think, all right, so you painted a picture of us now being oversaturated. Um, Could there not be the same hunger for for something simple and real? And, and, well, and I, I'm wondering whether, you know, whether maybe maybe actually the millennials uh, are ready or even looking for something like this. Oh, that, I think we're that, both old enough. Would... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, you I think, John, you and, yeah, I think you and I are old enough and mature enough, I'll just say, seasoned enough. <laughs> Uh, in years to remember that out of the political unrest and subdividing of uh, lifestyles uh, in the culture of the 60s, it led to a revival. And if 
it's we're beginning to get a little bit every day more of a breadcrumb trail of the discord and discontent with the people, the young people in our nation. I'm not sure they quite know how to be rebels yet. They're pretty soft because they're so self-absorbed. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no abandonment to it. So, you know, you turn on the TV and you see a big rally, but everybody's taking selfies themselves or FaceTime with their friends, showing their they're hip and they're down to the rally. <laughs> you know, they, they have iPhones in their hands today. I had a Molotov cocktail in my hand. So it was a different story back then. So <laughs> I think they're a little, little soft to really make a change. But I do believe the climate, and this is what's really cool. The Jesus movement wasn't just California or America. It was literally right. an outpouring around the whole globe. And if there was anything going right now that anybody, regardless of what your political uh, – Bent is or culture being everything. Everybody cannot disagree on the fact that there's global unrest. The World Wide Web is a real term that was I mean, even prophetic somewhat in the way it came in uh, because you literally are connected to every place in the world. You can FaceTime with anybody around the globe. You can send a song to somebody in 10 seconds, a video, whatever. We are literally connected as a globe much like a bloated Tower of Babel, if you ask me. And um, that's, you can quote mm-hmm. me on that, bloated, bloated Tower of Babel. That's a song idea. I, just yeah. <laughs> I better write that down. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, really, you think about it. So what did God do with the Tower of Babel? He came down and confused the people and then started, you know, working his way toward the redemption of men and women. And I think that, uh, if you look at our culture today around the world, if there's any one word you could think of that would be welcome relief, it'd be redemption. Call anybody, and, Indonesia, you know, call anybody in, in, in Indonesia right now that got walloped by, you know, big waves and earthquakes yeah. and a volcano, and they want redemption. They don't want, they don't want to relive that. They want to be redeemed out of it. You know. Hmm. Hmm. I just saw the news that it's just, the devastation is so massive. It just has been in so many other disasters that they're just going to make one big mass grave and bury the whole thing. Well, go to Israel today and go to, you know, places like Beit Shean. They dug up a city that was plundered by an 8.5 earthquake, and they you know, God covered it up, or, you know, the, the, the disaster covered it up. But uh, we, live in, we live in a culture right now that really the only redemption, the only redeeming Move is to really is to bury the whole thing. Is just to bury it. Quit trying, quit trying to sanctify it and make it respectable out of its broken pieces. Just bury the thing, you know, and let God do something new. Yeah, and something new, I think, would be would be Jesus. Absolutely, it it, it would be. That's where the simplicity would come in, not 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 necessarily in the the music and and all of that, but but in the message. Yeah, uh, the simple message of Jesus in the gospel. I love the first thing you told me about that. Stick to the story. Um, yeah, stick to the story. Stick to the story, and Jesus was the story, and. I don't know. I think I I seem to think that we're ready for it. Uh, Absolutely, I think so. 
I think so because uh, for lots of reasons, uh, like I say, discontent brings uh, disruption, and disruption usually brings hunger, and hunger brings the truth, people to go seeking after the truth. So I think we are a world, and certainly our nation, is becoming more ripe on the vine for a revival of people. You know, I don't want to be throwing a a wrench in the happy uh, conversation we're having here, but I was just talking to my neighbor today, who's a heart doctor, just moved in, 35-year-old kid, great kid, talking to him, and I said, you know, you ever thought about, speaking of Tower of Babel, you ever thought about what would happen if we flipped these cell phones off in the satellite, if all these all these cell phones went off? You'd be coming over to my house to ask me if I know anything. I'd be going to your house. Have you heard anything? I'd be asking you for a cup of sugar. You'd be asking me for a cup of milk. I mean, we'd be reduced to the smallest of fractions instantly by a satellite being turned off. And I know it's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, know that I have a friend who's an officer in the IDF. They... That's that's their preemptive nuke strike against Iran just be shut off all their technology. But uh, so, you know, you think about that, though. So what would happen if we had some sort of a disaster like that happen where all of a sudden we were our communication was just chopped off the Internet, our phones, everything? What would we do? Well, I think there'd be enough chaos that people would be looking for simplicity, food, water and the truth. And uh, <laughs> it wouldn't take long to find the truth just as much as Water and food would be imperative to survive, oxygen, you know. But yeah. it wouldn't be too many days into that process. You'd want to know the truth. What is going on? What is going on? And the only thing that brings yeah. peace, I think, is Jesus Christ. He is peace. He's not Peace is not a commodity we go to the store and try to buy at Costco. It's, he's a person. The person, yeah. Jesus Christ, is peace. And Jesus Christ is peace. He is the answer for an unpeaceful, chaotic yeah. world. And, you know, I'm, I, I think also what was unique about the Jesus movement is that it came from basically out of nowhere, like you said. Right. And yep. it, it was not, there wasn't an organization behind it. There wasn't a church behind nope. it. There wasn't an nope. institution behind it. Um, nope. it, it, came, it came through the Spirit of God. Through individuals, and um, and it, and it, like I said, like you said, it happened simultaneously all over the world. I know about South Africa and Sweden and Europe and and, and America all at the same time. Yeah, we traveled there together. <laughs> and, right, and uh, and so you know, I I think we're really ripe for that too, because because the you know. The church uh, and and even even the word Christian and uh, has been so dragged in the mud now, you know. And yeah. Christians are so become so political, and now we're in bed with just some of the worst bedfellows you could ever imagine, you know. Mm-hmm. And and these are people who are supposed to be evangelical followers of Jesus. You know, if Jesus is truly going to show up, the truth is going to show up. It's got to stick out. It's got to be the truth, and 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 the truth has got to be through um, through another source than than the ones that we have right now. I think. What do you think? Well, about if I that? could, if I 
I think you're right on. If I could offer one little piece of insight, this is very spontaneous. I'm looking out my window. <laughs> I'm looking out my window and look, I'm looking up out of my skylight in my bedroom here. And I live in Kansas. And in October, we don't normally have tornadoes and foul weather. Over the last 72 hours, we've had eight, nine, ten inches of rain. And I'll, I'll wait while you order your pizza there. <laughs> no, no. Don't do it. No, you know, the thing is, if you turn on TV right now in Kansas City, you every station will have access to all the technology, the Doppler radar and all the things showing you what hour and what minute even this storm is going to be going through your city, your borough outside of Kansas City, or 50 miles from here. It'll say 11-11 going through Spring Hill, 10-17 going through Bucyrus. Uh, It'll... They've got it so down with all the radar and all their technology. But you know what? You know who, who is stealth? Jesus. <laughs> he is a stealth ah. bomber. He is a stealth bomber. He does not show up on radar. He doesn't need man's permission. He does not need to give man the ability to track him and to try to pre, uh, prognosticate and predict. We've had lots of Christians through the years, the last few decades. The world's in 1988 because the scriptures say this. The scriptures say that. Good Lord, John, the scriptures say very simply, Jesus said, no man knows the hour of the day. In fact, the hour you think not, that's when I'm coming. So, so I, th- I, love the, the, I love the thought. When I look around the world today, I, I, I just smile when I think of Jesus' stealth moving right underneath all the radar mm. and invading the hearts of men and women that will not be looking you know, they'll not know what happened. It'll be coming upon them, and they'll be faced with a choice. You know, just like a tornado coming through the neighborhood. Yep. He won't be in the radar, but, you know, he came into my heart like a storm, like a tornado. And when I saw him, I welcomed him. He blew away all the garbage yeah. Yeah. that yeah. filled my life with. He, he, he went under the radar and got into my heart. He went past my mind and all my chaos and all my confusion, all my deception. He went past it all in stealth. He just invaded my heart. Knocked on the door of my heart, and I let him in. I, I exercised my free will, and I let in the stealth bomber, Jesus Christ. And he is. Uh, he, can, he can turn this world upside down to the mention wave of his hand and the breath of his voice, or he can be a gentleman that he is through the Holy Spirit, which he gave to us, and just stealth his way, just like on the day of Pentecost. And it, it will come just like a mighty rushing wind. It will change the landscape yeah. overnight. That's what I pray for. That's cool. You know, um, just this would be a, probably our last last question here because we're running almost out yeah. of time. But the I'm thinking of of uh, of one of the stealthy sort of ways in which uh, Jesus came. Then um, was was to show up. Actually, he showed up in a lot of secular music. Before, absolutely, before absolutely. we even started writing our stuff. Yep, yep. You know, yeah. Um, just like John the Baptist came just before Jesus. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he he came come announcing uh, good news. He came announcing good. He kind of gave. He tipped the. He sort of like hinted on the radar screen, but then the truth came in power. You know. You know, I just it amazes me every time I think about, you know, Peter, Paul, and Mary singing. Everybody going to pray on the very last day when they ring yes. that bell, ring the world away. Everybody going to pray to the heavens <laughs> on the judgment day. And that's a popular song, you know. And yeah. Who, Isn't that amazing? Who would ever have thought 
you know? Yeah. And then you got Eva destruction. Eva destruction. Eva destruction. The Middle East is exploding. That's 50 years. Yeah. 55 yeah. years ago, Barry yeah. recorded that. And it's, uh, you know, the, the Middle East is exploding. Good night. That was so far ahead of his time, you know? Yeah. A prophetic, a prophetic yeah. breeze was beginning to blow. And that I believe that breeze is blowing right now. Just like I can see the trees outside in the Midwest. If the leaves are turned inside out, that means humidity factor and the barometric pressure are changed so much that the leaves are inside out. If there's anything I can look at our culture today, it's inside out. Mm. <laughs> that which used to be right is wrong, oh, and that's what's wrong is right. And so, I mean, look around. Jesus said, look at the leaves of the tree. You'll know that summer is nigh. You return to the Lord's at hand. So, you know, look at our culture. The leaves are turned inside out. There's so much confusion and chaos. People yeah. don't know what. Who knows which way the wind blows, but it will blow. This is this is one thing for sure. The wind will blow. You don't know where from, but yeah. you can be darn sure it will blow. Yeah. Well <laughs> dare dare I dare I say it tongue in cheek, the answer is blowing the wind. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. That's a good way to, to uh, go to the past. Take the ladle of our experience and dip it down to the well of the past and to bring it up and offer fresh water to those yep. that thirst today. Yep. It's still blowing the wind. The Boy. Holy Spirit's still blowing the wind. He sure is. He sure is. Yeah. Well, Paul, this is exciting. This is great. It's um, always inspiring talking to you, Lord. John. Yep. And thanks for taking part in our in our new radio thing. And I hope that you're going to take me up on my uh, suggestion for uh, for you to do a show or two. Oh, I definitely us. will do. And I'll definitely I'll definitely scratch some records and be DJ Pablo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, and I love that story you told me. I wanted you to tell it, but we'll have to do it later about uh, uh, Michael uh, uh, the Memphis the Memphis story. Walking oh, in Memphis. Mar- uh, Mark Cohn. Yeah, Mark Mark, Mark Cohn. Yeah. Walking in Memphis. Brilliant songwriter. One of the Literally, his last name means priest. He, I've built a small friendship with him. That, that uh, I see him, he's cool. respectable, and we had good conversations. But I really uh, appreciate his, his songwriting. Yeah. is is fantastic. You know, Jewish background. Maybe, he has think, no idea. I was thinking, Paul, maybe maybe you could have him as a guest. Uh, that would be a dream sure. come true. That would be a dream come true. That'd be cool. I broadcast okay. it live from my 1965 Airstream Caravel, 12 feet long. <laughs> That'd be Paul, awesome, right Paul. Thank you so much. God, God bless, bless you, John. Love you, and God bless and all you listeners out there with the ears to hear. Here comes beautiful. the wind. Yep. Here it comes. comes the wind. That's right. Here it comes. <laughs> Love you. Okay. Bye bye. God bless. Bye bye. Well, there you God go, bless. folks. That uh, that's good stuff. And something is moving. It's, it's happening. It's getting close. Oh, God. It's so exciting to know that God is alive and he can do anything he wants whenever he wants to do it. And uh, so keep your ear to the ground and uh, look for the answer. It's blowing in the wind. God bless you. This episode is made possible by PWC. 
When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.